Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Comedian Beth Stelling makes brilliant, funny observations about the world, and I'm glad she can join me on the first episode of the decade. It's the Brett Saunders Podcast. I usually tend to date potheads. It's kind of like my thing. I don't... I don't know why. You know, I guess I guess they can't leave if they're already gone. <laughs> it is a pleasure to bring one of the brightest lights in the comedy galaxy to KBCO <laughs> and the podcast. <laughs> Beth Stelling, I'm a fan. It is delightful to meet you. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. You do say that to all the girls. Do I? The brightest no? star in the galaxy. Honestly, <laughs> can, can I put that on my website? Absolutely. Poll quote. You're wearing uh, a Patagonia jacket. Oh, yeah. So you are... And a Patagonia. You're, you're dressed for Colorado today because yes. that's Colorado I have uniform. the... You know, I live in L.A., but you, I travel I travel the world, the country, the globe. So I got to be prepared for those colder temperatures. I've learned it the hard way years early tour- touring, showing up to Minneapolis in the winter and being like, wait a minute, I'm going to need a coat. That's a hellscape. Yeah, when you just basically like forget <laughs> to pack enough warm clothes or you just think everywhere is like L.A., you've been there too long and your brain's fried. You know, I wanted to ask you about something along these lines because I was thinking about this. I went to Vegas a couple of months ago and I came back and on the plane I caught like bronchitis. And then oh, I, ju- I just got gosh. back from Portland and I caught the flu. Oh, how gosh. do you do? Because you tour constantly. Yes, you're on the road all the time. How do you? What tips do you have for everyone listening here in the dead of winter to not get violently ill if you're traveling? Because it's I can't tough. do it. It's tough. This actually was the first year I got a flu shot, mm-hmm. which I've never done before. Was there a reason why you hadn't? I happened to be getting a physical, and the doctor pulled my arm she was just like you should do it and I was like should I because I'm not somebody who doesn't believe in medicine I do uh-huh. it was just like well I've never done it and then of course you hear the like you, there's always a friend that's like I did the flu shot you're and I got die. the flu <laughs> you know and you're just like ah so she's like no get it because you know it's it's the flu's serious so anyway I did that that's my first year doing it though so normally I just at the airport I'm I'm hood up and I have this thing called the turtleneck and it's like a neck pillow that you basically – that is like a neck brace that you wrap around. And I, it goes like over my nose. And I have a sleep mask. I really just kind of mummify myself and sleep up against the window. But I also wet wipe a lot. Like, yeah, I use wet uh, ones. Uh-huh. Now, somebody else would argue that you shouldn't like hand sanitize and sanitize everything because you need to build up your immunity. So I'm not – I don't know. I, I travel with Clorox to go wipes. And I'm over here. I'm getting into the hotel room. I'm wiping down the desk. I'm wiping down everything that well, yeah, a hand I, touches. We're on the same page. I have to do these things, too. Yeah. Last year, I was flying to Vegas, and a, a little man was sitting next to me like five years you old. You love Vegas. I, no, it sounds like I love it more okay, than I do. Okay, okay. Like, last time I was there, I was there for the half marathon. I wasn't, oh. But I was also there last January. Okay. And I was flying, and there was a little man sitting next to me about five years old, and he threw up all over himself. Oh, no. And, and I had some wet ones. And I gave them to his dad to clean him up, and he said, well, uh, sorry about that. I said, listen, I'm headed to downtown Las Vegas. I'm going to see way worse than that this weekend. (laughs) 
and the dad just like he turned his nose up. He didn't speak to me for the rest of the trip. I don't know how that could have possibly offended him. That joke. That's weird. Yeah, and I, I was the guy who was cleaning up the vomit. Yeah. Uh, by the way, yeah. I would have freaking had to leave. <laughs> I would have walked into the open air well, if was, a kid barfed next to me. It was Spirit Airlines. Oh, There's, my gosh. You signed up for it. You know you're getting into. Uh, Beth Stelling, you are this terrific writer. You're one of these. You're a, you. a double threat. You're a triple threat. You're well, a triple threat. Because sometimes you, I do act because a little Because you bit. act on shows like Another Period, mm-hmm. and uh, you do the stand-up thing, and you mm-hmm. also write. And uh, you've been writing for a series that was on HBO called Crashing. Yes. And then you worked on this movie, uh, Good Boys. That's right. That was a huge hit and got terrific reviews. That was cool. So when it comes to Crashing, you were working with, is it Judd Apatow or Apatow? I say Apatow. It is Apatow. Yeah. So I don't want to make, you don't want to make that guy mad, right? He's the most <laughs> powerful guy. He's a monster. No, yeah, he's um, he's a great guy. He's great to work for, especially for being around so long, and he's kind and funny, and I don't really have anything bad to say about Judd. I was wondering if there was any kind of the pressure dirt. because yeah, he because he's he holds such a high position. There is pressure of, there, yeah. Uh-huh. That, like with any job, even when I was writing for when I got brought on for Good Boys, it's like the guys that wrote that were uh, Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stupnitsky, and they um, they write for a lot of things, but most notably. I guess the office was what they were known for there for a while. And it's kind of like, like any job I would imagine, like you get there and you have to adjust, you know, you have to be like, you have to find your language with those people. Obviously the language is comedy, but there's different forms and different communications of it. You know, how people respond, how you pitch, how you can be with each other if you're comfortable. So you have to be able to read that. And if it's somebody like Judd, well, sometimes you might be a little too nervous to, to riff. Like there's a vulnerability that, is required for riffing in a way, you know, when you get into a writer's room or whatever, because there's plenty of people who sit there with great ideas and they're just maybe a little too shy Mm -hmm. or not confident in the idea when really you kind of have to just get in there. Have you ever worked with somebody for like a minute and you said, this is just not going to work out? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want you to name names. what, What is a situation like that like? Um, it's kind of turns into a thing where it's like, why would I keep writing for someone I don't like, you know, like who doesn't seem to really appreciate what I do? And it's not like I need to have my bum kissed or something like that. <laughs> Your bum? Yeah. This is the BBC. Well, I got scared. I got bleeped in the earlier radio station <laughs> for saying, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's kind of, it's just like, why have it be this type of bad atmosphere, passive aggression, um, just negativity, when it's this is a comedy job, this is a writing job, like, let's have fun. And of course, there's business to be had and you need to get your work done. But like, you know, this is a cool industry that we're in. So if I can write for somebody I care about who's also going to um, be a good leader and be fun and kind, well then yeah, I'm going to go right for that person. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're from Ohio. Yes. You told this joke. It was the first time I saw you. It was either on Kimmel or Conan O'Brien. The joke was essentially. 
Oh, you yeah. Were from, you were from Ohio, and, and your <laughs> sisters were still there. Oh, yeah. I have had a great week. I went to Ikea, bought a family, <laughs> and started falling apart. I did it because I was feeling left out. My two older sisters have started their families back home in Ohio. Um, a lot of people in Ohio don't realize that you can just put all of your things into a bag and leave. Um, I know people love to bring that up, but the truth is I love Ohio. I go back all the time. My whole family's there. Everybody loves there. You know, I don't have anything against Ohio. Whereabouts in Ohio? My family's in Dayton, Ohio. Well, Dayton's a nice town. Southwest. It's, it's close to Cincinnati. Well, you would argue that anybody in Cincinnati and Columbus thinks we're inferior, but... And then, of course, but, Cleveland thinks they're yeah, the but, best well, up there. You get outside of that Dayton-Cincinnati area, the rest of Ohio is squares. Right, that's true. But that's a nice part. I'm from Detroit, so oh. obviously there's always been this rivalry, not yeah. just because of college football. I don't really know what it is. It's like resentful oh, hillbillies yeah. going back to the 17th <laughs> century or 18th century, but there's always been this rivalry between Michigan and OSU. Yes, and, and my mom is Michigan and my sister's OSU. It's a real household conflict. Not really. But my mom grew up in... Uh, Bloomfield Hills, which is apparently now like the rich part yeah, of town. I was going to say that's really a fancy part. Yeah, I'm a but Don my River mom was. Rat, yeah, she so. was born in '51, so my grandpa built the house on that land, which has now been torn down, I guess, for a mansion. But yeah, I think it was always probably a pretty good part of town. But whenever my mom, whenever I say that, people are like, "Ooh, Richie Rich," and I'm sort of like. It was 1951, and my grandpa just got out of the war. So I think it was just like a <laughs> modest home. But other than that, I don't know what it is. I always have like a weird. I have a weird response when people like because I also grew up in a town called Oakwood, and it's also known for being sort of like a wealthy town. Mm-hmm. But it was our mom taught in Kettering, the neighboring neighboring city. So my mom was a music teacher and raised me and my sisters in Oakwood, and so I would have jobs and stuff to help out in high school. And, you know, if I told the other kids that I went to Oakwood, like the Fairmont kids would be like, oh, rich, you know, and I'd be like, you drove here in a Firebird. My mom's picking me up in a Dodge Caravan, you know, like, and I have to call her from the work phone, Mr. Cell Phone. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I've always been so defensive about it. I don't know what it is. I guess I'm defensive about my poor pride. I think that's a Midwestern thing, too. Yeah. People like to be a little more modest than maybe you've noticed on either of the coasts. Yeah, I think that's. I've found that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, I don't want to be flashy or whatever it is. I guess you're right. Even when I want to buy something nice for myself and I don't have like a family or a husband, I should treat myself. Yeah. But you don't, but I, I bought a computer a couple of weeks ago. I was acting like I was getting a heart valve replacement or something like right. that. Because I felt terrible about spending the money on myself. Right. And I'm over here. I bought some expensive shoes, which uh-huh. again, I don't have like jewelry or whatever it is or nice purses. And it's like. It was like, should I wear these in public? People will think I'm like a right. snob. Right. They'll think, oh, look, it's Kim Kardashian. Yeah, I know. What is wrong with us? <laughs> I think it's a Midwestern thing. <laughs> you mentioned that your mother was a music teacher. How important was music to you growing up, and how important is it to you now? Who do you like? Oh, my gosh. You know, it's part of your mental health, music. Absolutely. Can't exist without it. Um, You know, we grew up singing, which is a beautiful thing. Um. My mom has a beautiful voice, and she plays piano. I, I played cello for years. I tried to play piano, but my mom's ambidextrous, and ambidextrous, and my I would play with my right hand, and my left would go to sleep. I couldn't, like, get it to work. I'm the same way. Very frustrating. And um, so I, I, I remember having, honestly, a lot of, like, 
kid rage about it. Like, <laughs> I can't do this. And same one for ballet. It was like anything that my sisters did, I could never like do like they did. And so I ended up finding my own weird little things. Like I played the cello and I, I, I started the cello back up about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And f- so I guess I can use my hand up here. But when it's lower, when it's below my heart, I can't. <laughs> Above my heart, I can't. Kid Rage makes for some good music, though. Yeah, Kid Rage. That makes for the best music. My favorite band is Kid Rage. <laughs> but he's not my, uh, Kid Rock is not my favorite rapper. <laughs> no. But Kid Rage is You know, my go-to karaoke song, though, is Picture by Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow. Is that? Oh, yeah. And I sing Kid Rock's part. So if you're ever forever at karaoke, I need a Cheryl. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah. I'd be on board. So, uh, speaking of your mother, I don't want to yes. dwell too much on your mom, but I understand you do a podcast with your mom i do i could not do that you know a lot of people say that and i you know this last christmas was we usually get along there we were a bit out of sync i would say which was kind of sad she was just kind of bothering me a little bit (laughs) (laughs) which normally we get along so well but i'm also not the i'm not the person that's over here like my mom's my best friend like that's always a red flag to me Mm -hmm. i think there is a beauty in a mother-daughter relationship that has like a formality to it where you several thousand miles yes 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 exactly but um you know she's we do this podcast where we call it's just me and my mom in studio and we call one of my friend's moms um in our first season, we we called Maria Bamford's mom, Marilyn. She's a genius. I mean, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe Marilyn's a genius, but Maria is. Oh, of course, Maria's one of my idols. Yeah. And um, Marilyn, you know, it's funny because obviously Maria does her impersonation impersonation of Marilyn. So I joked with her. I was like, this, "We're just calling to see how good the impression is," <laughs> and it's pretty good. It's you know very spot on. But the beauty is getting to hear these stories of, you know, when they first. Maybe their child's gift was made evident. You know, these early stories of them being a little different. And what it's like to parent somebody who is choosing to do something like we chose to do. And the worry and the support and, you know, the fear of, like, them not being able to provide for themselves. And then also just vulnerability. My mom experiences that all the time. She thinks I'm so brave, even for just, like, getting on a plane and flying somewhere myself, let alone getting on stage and talking about my personal life. So, yeah, just some really great stories from moms. We talked to Will Forte's mom. That episode hasn't come out yet. Can't wait. Will was in um, Good Boys, and I got to spend some time with his mom, Patty, on her 80th birthday. Will brought her to set, and um, she's she's a cool chick. It just seems like you are so extremely well-connected, and that comes from a lifetime of hard work. Yeah. I I know that you put your years in Chicago and uh, so many other places. You must feel like this is... Your time. I mean, your 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 special on the stand-ups on Netflix is uh, terrific. Thank you. You you have a lot going on right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm getting ready to do my new special. Uh-huh. Um, I'll record it in a couple months, and you know, you're working on material mm-hmm. right now. For, so so, what can we experience at the Comedy Works this weekend? What are you working this on? weekend? Um, I'm trying to think. It's always so. I, I this I've been doing this for so long, and I'm still the worst at describing what's going to happen to you guys tonight sure. if you come. Um, it's going to be a fun time. <laughs> I guess I'm talking about, um, I don't know. I am dealing with some, some more hot button topics that affect women th- these days. You know, what it's like to be a woman in, in Hollywood and the ways I've navigated that. Still has my personal stories, some of my family stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm bad. I'm bad at describing. It's going to be fun. That's okay. I don't really like to ask. So do your material for us before... <laughs> People come to the show to see you do your material. You know, I I, I better save it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, issues for women, you, you tell a really funny story about 
white dudes in the elevator oh, yeah. at, at the Comfort Inn yes. or whatever. Could you share that before you go? Yeah, the, I guess it was one of the... Wait, am I allowed to, That's what the word I got in trouble for saying in the last radio well, show. It's the podcast. Oh, so okay, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. I just, I remember being, getting on the elevator, going up to my room, and some guy got on the elevator. This, this is where the joke was born, but he was just like, you're so beautiful, why don't you smile, or whatever like that. <laughs> and then I wrote the joke that was like, mm, I have to shit. <laughs> so I'm just really focused right now. But yeah, of course, he was a nice man. I'm, I'm not over here saying, like, because you do that, you're an awful man. It was just sort of like, it was just funny for me to be tired traveling, get on the elevator, and have this old guy be like, why aren't you smiling? It's like, I don't know. Because I'm not getting my photo taken with you. And if I did, I might not. <laughs> well, we dudes could behave a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't tell a woman to smile. <laughs> Great advice. Thank you, Beth Stelling. Comedy Works downtown this weekend. It's a pleasure to meet you finally. You too. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Brett Saunders Podcast. Catch past episodes with Keith Richards. Hey, oh, Mick and I are fine. We, uh, mm-hmm. we get along. We take it. We, we've had our ups and downs and knocks and blah, blah. But uh, that's nothing new to us. Brandy Carlisle. I was um, worryingly obsessed with Elton John as a teenager. It started when I was 11. And my parents were really, really worried about it. Because, you know, when an 11-year-old goes in, they go in deep. Robert Plant. Everything changes. Thank God for that, you know. There's a life in the old dog, but it's a different life. And, um... Lonely, lonely, lonely. I mean, uh, I've got the lonely, lonely button, but I keep it hid. <laughs> and many more. On demand at kbco.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get yours. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.